Hey guys, welcome to the Speaking American English podcast. My goal is to teach you guys the English spoken here in the States. So if you want to speak like a local American, or you just want to figure out what the heck we're saying, I can assure you this is the right place. So kick back, relax, and let's get ready to rock and roll. It's been a couple of years. Um, oh, yeah. I appreciate you coming on and joining. Uh, D- David used to work with me at the Biltmore Forest Country Club, I believe. That's yeah. what called, right? Yeah, it was a while ago. It was, I think that was summer 2017. Yeah. Wow. Um, as lifeguards. And do you still do lifeguarding at all? I do not. Um, I've not redone my certification. And I did lifeguard the year after that, but only for a little while. And I did that at the racket club. Gotcha. I actually uh, <laughs> lifeguarded there as well. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was really laid back. Um, so, yeah, uh, David lives in Asheville, North Carolina, um, and he is a college student. Are you still going to that college in Georgia? I'm still technically at Emory, yes. So I go okay. to Emory University in Atlanta. Awesome. Yeah. Um, David's bilingual. Um, and basically, this episode will be towards, will be geared towards um, those who are learning American English and maybe interested in studying abroad in the U.S. Um, so David will talk about what it's like being bilingual in the U.S. and his experience in college currently, um, and he will give his perspectives and. Um, any advice that he may have for potential people learning English that are coming here um, to study at certain universities. Um, So yeah, one of the questions um, I have is, what is it like being bilingual um, as a college student in the United States? Have you met any foreign exchange students? Um, If you have, what's, what's life like for them? Yes. Yeah, so um, in college, it's it's kind of the same as like it's always been. Um, I I did not really grow up speaking Spanish. My parents um, spoke French, but they never taught me French because they used to talk about me to each other in French. <laughs> my French is not that good. I can understand most of it. I can't speak it, though. My Spanish is pretty good. Um, I had like my Spanish courses in college were all literature and um like textual analysis courses. So I have, like, I think I was a better Spanish speaker in high school when uh, my sophomore year I took AP Spanish. No, it was my junior year. I took AP Spanish 
And then my senior year, I was um, the Spanish department CA and I helped her with her instruction of honor Spanish four and five. So I did a lot of speaking then. And then when you get to college, those Spanish classes that I was in, it was a lot of reading. It's a lot of writing. It's a lot of textual analysis. Um, last year, last semester in Spanish 300, um, one of the works we had to like textually an analyze was 10 pages of Castro's um, like socialism platform for Cuba and how he wanted like how he wanted Cuba to look in the aftermath of the revolution. And it was just impossible to read. I don't understand any of it. And then I had to like look up words in English and I didn't know what the English words meant. It was, it was a lot. That sounds intense. Yeah. It was really wow. And a lot of film analysis. So um, definitely like for high school students who like are coming from that, that like classroom Spanish environment to college and college, it's a lot of reading and writing. And then when you talk or when you have those discussions in the classroom, it's very, um, like I was very quiet in what I said because I didn't know a lot of the vocabulary for literary devices. Like I didn't know how to how to talk about an author's tone or how to how to bring up assonance or um, talk about you know his use of metaphors and stuff. Like I can have conversations and like navigate my way through Mexico and Spain. Fine, I spend time in Mexico and Spain all the time, but it's just kind of a big shift to like that really formal academic setting. Yeah. That's good. A day like for you, um, and you know, Monday through Friday. Um, so I had really nice schedules. Um, my fall, actually, my spring, fall, spring nineteen, fall twenty, and then this spring so far, I never had class on Friday. Which, um, when I was a freshman, people would come in and they're like, "Oh, if you could, you know, avoid class on Friday, that's great." And like, <laughs> to me, that didn't make sense because, like, I just always assumed Monday through Friday you go to school. Yeah, but. No, I always had Fridays off. Like I was really fortunate. I usually get That's up nice. around. I would usually be up and out of bed by before nine thirty most days. Usually before nine, and then class. My first class would normally be around ten. Definitely avoid those eight a.m. classes. Oh, I agree. I agree. Even <laughs> nine a.m. is a little tough for me. I had some nine a.m.s, and it was like, like I was getting there at eight fifty nine, and it it was. It was unenjoyable. But it's really hard to be mentally awake that early. It really is. But the thing that's like crazy is that in high school, we're so used to like being there and like up and ready to go at eight. Yep. But I don't know. It's just, it's really hard to get up and go in at nine, especially at eight. I can't imagine doing eight. But 10, I think it's a good class time, 10, 30, 11. Like I, I think you should always kind of be in full swing by 10. There was yeah. one semester where I didn't have class until like two and I didn't particularly like that because I went from like two to seven every day. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's yeah. a big change. I just like wasted my morning. So that was less than ideal. But I'll usually go to class. I don't usually have more than three classes in a day. So I'll have class from like 10 to 11.15. And then I might have class from 1 to 2.15. And then maybe um, like 3.30 to 4.45. And in between yeah. that, I'd sometimes, I might go back to my room. I might not. I'll eat lunch. Um, maybe hang out with some of my friends. Then... After my last class, I definitely just I would always go back to my room and like lie down and play on my phone and then go to dinner. Maybe I would shower and change. Maybe I wouldn't. And then I was usually in the library most nights until 1.30. Wow, was, that's so late. Woo, <laughs> <laughs> basically until it close, closes, right? Yeah. So um, They say that their library is 24-7. It's really not. Like I've been kicked out on Friday nights because I had a huge paper due on Monday that I didn't start until like dedicated was due. 
Yeah, I know you mentioned having off like on Fridays. Uh, I did that once, but I had I had classes Tuesdays and Thursdays only, so I had Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays off. But oh, oh that's nice. But Tuesdays and Thursdays were hell. Like I had classes from ten to eight thirty at night. Oh my gosh! So <laughs> it was a lot, but it was really nice at the same time because, well, it was nice because you know it was overwhelming on those days, but I had, it was basically like a Friday cause like the next day I had off. Uh-huh. So, um, and then, you know, on, on Mondays, yes, I have Tuesday the next day, but it's like, I only have one day and then the next day I can look forward to after that. So yeah, that's it, nice. Yeah. But yeah. it was like, Oh, it was a lot of free time, but, um, you know, that could be a good thing. You could take advantage of like getting homework done or, or if you have an internship, like a class, that's like an, um, basically a class for an internship. You can use those days for your internship. Yeah. Definitely. Um, you were at Charlotte, right? Uh, Asheville. Oh, no, that's right. Yeah. But I'm, I'm from, from Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. yeah. Um, how are the dorms? How are the dorms and how, how is living on campus like? So the freshman dorms are gorgeous. It's about really? gorgeous in there. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I love the dorms at UNCA. I did not want to go into an apartment because the dorms at UNC are like basically pretty much all new. Yeah, uh, except for you. Summer. And so they. You took classes in the summer there. Yeah, UNCA. Yeah. Yeah. So I I I stayed there one or two summers because I did the year round housing. Uh-huh. And uh, I stayed in those little mini. There's, it's called the village, and there, there's these little mini dorms. It's really cool. Oh, that is cool. Um, yeah, and I stayed in one of those, um, and I really liked it. Um, but you know, all good things come to an end. So, <laughs> <laughs> so were you in a fraternity as well? Um, yeah. How was that? I'm, if you, I'm a Signu at Emory. Oh, a Signu at Emory. Yeah. Nice. That's what I was at UNCA. Oh, cool. I think yeah, I think right. we've heard that before. Yeah. So how how is that there? Um, what's the life like for like someone in Greek life? So um, well, I don't. So as you know, or I don't know, maybe you know, I'm in the process of leaving Emory. Um, you know, I love Atlanta, and um, I would go to Georgia Tech, except I'm the least technical person that God ever created. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just the furthest thing from an engineer there is. I'm not, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm fine at math. I can't do science or anything else like that, but I mean, I'm pretty good at math. So I would go to tech, but it's a little bit too techy for me. So um, yeah, I am sad to leave Atlanta. I will likely be at SMU next year, but um, the Greek life scene at Emory is, it's fine. Like if, if we're going to give it a grade, like it's, it's a solid C plus, like, like it's fine. If you, if you want to, party and have fun like you can um it's there are definitely just so many other schools i mean i wouldn't even be surprised if unca really just outdoes it in in that area yeah so greek life there was uh i'd have to give it a c minus <laughs> um <laughs> it could have been a lot better not gonna lie it wasn't for one i feel like the school did not really make it a priority so um, that was one thing. Um, uh-huh. And then two, it wasn't, you know, there was only four different Greek organizations on 
campus. So that's not a lot either. Yeah. And then some of them had caps. So I think the sororities had caps, which I thought was pretty stupid. Yeah. That's um, kind of, I, heard of that. I think they capped out at 35. Oh, wow. For some of them. Yeah. So that was another stupid rule, but um, it did, you know, for the, for the girls that were trying to get into it, that made it more challenge, like more challenging. So that was yeah. cool for them, but yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. I definitely miss it. The fraternity life. Um, yeah. So um, what advice do you have for those planning to come uh, to America to study abroad as a foreign exchange student? Yeah. So students coming um, to the United States to study. So I'm, I went to Christ school, which is a boarding school in Asheville, North Carolina. I didn't board, but um, we always have usually two, sometimes three students from this program called Assists. And it's, I think it's based in Germany, but it's like really, really high performing um, students in Europe. And they spend the entire uh, cool. year at Christ school. They usually come there junior year. And it's like total, total immersion into like everything that we are. So, I mean, it really depends on where the students are going to go because I mean, I feel like I don't want to generalize, but I feel like there are a lot of places like if an American student goes to study abroad in Europe or in Asia and stays, you know, goes one or two places within the country, they can pretty much get a sense of, you know, the country. And, you know, you and I both know that if a student comes somewhere in this or like Boston, they're going to have totally different experiences. Oh, for sure. That is that is so true. Yeah, so it's just so different everywhere you go here. Personally, I like the South the best because I'm from South. My whole family's from Memphis and Atlanta. So Nice. I, I prefer this side of the Mason-Dixon line, but if they want to go to New York, that's fine. I, don't, I wouldn't blame them for wanting to go to New York. Everyone <laughs> needs to go to New York. Yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, the whole coronavirus thing has scared people away from New York for sure for the next yeah. couple of years. <laughs> Probably. It's, um, it's been a crazy time and you know, so that that may or may not affect um, students coming abroad for the fall. But um, I don't know. We'll just have to see how everything plays out. Yeah. What then- I would give, um, I would say just be really, uh, really open. I think that one thing, I don't, this is not necessarily a criticism, but um, like if you compare the average American citizen to most um, citizens of other countries, I would say Americans are pretty isolated and um not necessarily their worldview but just like their yeah i would say their worldview actually and it's not necessarily a bad thing but you know this is such a big country and i can't remember i looked at the other day i was on forbes or might have been bloomberg and it was saying the percentage of people in the country have never been out of the country and it's surprisingly high i think we have the largest group of um like monolinguistic people who only speak english I mean, it's fine. You only really need to speak English, but um, I think I think most people are a little bit more um, more worldly. I don't know if that's the right word word um, in any other country. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but you know, if people are going to come here, they're really, really going to get like a real American experience because most people are all like all in, all about the country. Amer- most most Americans are pretty patriotic too, which is um, it's it's a little um, different than you know, your average citizen from anywhere in Europe. I mean, they just sort of don't give a shit where they're from, but um, yeah, it's all about the U.S. And I think that's something kind of new to most um, exchange students that like, you know, there are a lot of houses with American flags outside or, you know, America, like USA paraphernalia in their room. Like I have this big wooden American flag. I have no idea where I got it. 
but <laughs> actually never yeah. it, but I really like it now. Yeah, super. Uh, people here are super patriotic um, mm-hmm. all around. I mean, I feel like just like any other country, like everyone loves their own country where they're born. Yeah, they're born in. So, but I hate to wrap it up already, but um, I guess that's the end of our time segment here. Um, I appreciate you coming on to the podcast, and yeah, no I'm sure everyone else does too. Um, and I'll catch you later, man. All right, let's well, get to talk to you. Yeah, same. Bye bye. Take care. Bye.